Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, girlfriendit.com, and the movement, girlfriendit, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on toginet.com. So does your face need a wake-up call? Uh, kind of like your story this week. <laughs> I know. That was crazy. You know, you, you always want a, um, like a backup on your wake-up call. Like when and, you travel. Like, especially when you travel. And I was staying at my brother's house, and I plugged my charger in um, to my phone, thinking we're good to go because it was at the very end. And sure enough, the next morning, my alarm clock went off, and I only had like just a small, I think it said 5%. So I was thinking I would have completely missed my wake-up call just well you had you had a class early in the morning and so you couldn't afford for your phone not to go off so yeah when you have five percent left on your phone and when you wake up to five (laughs) percent that's that's not a good sign yes absolutely well before we get too far much farther into our show we are going to wake up our faith with a great discussion today we want to remind everyone that you're listening to girlfriend at radio with patty wyatt and lisa jernigan where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, our first guest states that he is not a pastor, not a theologian, and not a pulpit preacher, just a regular guy with a powerful testimony and a God-given gift for sharing it. He believes that his book that we're going to be talking about today will challenge the faith of even the most seasoned veteran believers. His chief aim is to help followers of Christ capture a real and passionate faith through the study of God's Word by simple illustration and regular encouragement. And by this faith, they might catch a vision of who God shaped them to become. So welcome today our non-pastor, non-theologian, Kevin Adams, author of Extravagant Fool. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, that that uh, yeah, irregular guy, Kevin. That's me. So thank you. Well, Kevin, you um, you have a story that's just amazing. And in the fall of 2008, after a decade of working hard, being very successful in in your the business you were doing with a high income, great investments, uh, no bad debt. All of a sudden, pow, by January, within 100 days, you lost it all, just an overwhelming debt that you were in. Tell us a little bit more about the story and what led you to where you are right now. Well, I had uh, been a what I would call a mainstream, everyday, average Christian man, doing all the right things, uh, the normal things we all do, and... Uh, you know, so uh, my prosperity, I felt like, was a gift from God, and I think deep down, I felt like it was from good behavior. Uh, so that's sort of the crux of this uh, and the undoing of that. Um, 
and ultimately, you know, we had all the right, all the right stuff. Um, but, uh, I think that, uh, the, the overwhelming nature of it is that within 90 days, I mean, we were faced with homelessness. Uh, so it wasn't just, oh, I lost my 401k. I mean, it, 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 it was overwhelming where you can't even buy groceries and nobody understands because they've seen you dress nice, drive nice cars for so long. It doesn't make sense. So it was a pretty overwhelming, uh, event. And, uh, what transpired from that point was, uh, just learning to hear the voice of God and, and follow it rather than the opinions of, of people. And that was tough. It was tough on my wife and I both, uh, but we made that choice. You know, you get one shot at this. So, uh, that, that's sort of the beginning of the story and then the unfolding of it, you know, what she went through, what I went through, what our family went through, but where we are and what God's done with it. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Well, it sounds like God extremely got your attention. I mean, not just like a little bit, but he, like you're in this comfortable place of just enjoying life, enjoying the, the benefits of life, like you said, and all of a sudden within a short amount of time, it is literally wiped out, like you said, um, not being able to, to, to buy groceries. That, that's extreme. And, and you know, when those things happen and God gets our attention, we have a couple of different um, options and our reactions. And we can either blame God and run the other way, or we can totally choose to trust him and go, okay, I don't get this. And this is devastating, but I'm going to trust you. And it sounds like you went with option B, which is always, it's so, it's so easy to say, I would do that. But then when you're, you're facing this reality, so take us to that, those emotions, because for a lot of us, we, we have that moment where we have a crisis of faith, where something in our lives happened. I remember for um, my husband and I, years ago, we were living in California, and we just had had our second child, and we had bought this new home, and, and we had just poured everything into it, and we were in ministry, and we literally had bought it, and then the church just went um, it, it, it just fell apart literally. And we had only been there like a year, not even a year. And all of a sudden we had this house with this debt and we got betrayed by, you know, people in the church and financially we are watching money. We did not have just, you know, just be gone. And I remember looking, we just looked at each other and we go, how big is God? Do we really believe that God can carry us through that? So at some point we all have that crisis of faith, but what was that? What did you guys do to go? We're, we're choosing to trust God, even though it is so bleak right now. <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, we learned we learned how to do it, and that took that took several years. Uh, but the the desire and uh, the decision to to do that, I think, came for for me personally as the leader of my family. Um, I had uh, I had read George Mueller's autobiography years before, and uh, you know, I don't know how many folks are familiar with him, but uh, uh, he was uh, one of the, the most amazing, faithful men of God uh, in the mid-19th century. Uh, basically just decided to, uh, to stop relying on himself and people and just ask God what he's supposed to do and, and trust that God would provide. So it's it's not about sitting around being lazy. It's about listening to God becoming radically intimate with him and then going after whatever he tells you to do with everything. So I had read that, 
and was inspired. The first time I was afraid, I, I just I threw it away. I mean, I didn't throw it away, but I, I tossed it uh, aside and said, man, I'm never, that's not my kind of faith. You know, that's, he was called to that. Uh, you know, so, so it, God brought that back to my attention. I read it again right in the midst of this. And I thought, you know what? It's now or never. Uh, do I really believe? And, and he would give me ideas. Um, you know, like, I mean, what we see in scripture is we see these heroes, these people, but they were everyday people, but they were all in. Uh, they were not committed hardworking. They were surrendered, completely given to God. And the pattern we see is things that are not common sense. I mean, who builds an ark when it doesn't rain, when there's no – I mean, we can go on and on through every hero, and we see the same pattern. We see them going against the grain of common sense. They go with what God tells them to do. And so I, I just started seeing that this – if this is real, if I really believe God to start with, not just in him, but if I actually believe him, then I've got to start, I've got to stop quoting these people in scripture and I've got to start emulating them mm-hmm. and I got to do it for real. So, so it's not about having a, a pulpit or a, a big ministry or whatever. It's, it's just about setting an example and, you know, we, I've got one shot. So anyway, long answer, but that sort of, uh, I mean, we've got stories to touch the emotional part of it, but that's that's the foundation of of it. That makes sense. When you talk about going against the grain, um, just our culture alone, the way that we look at finances and the way that we spend money, uh, did that change in, in your lifestyle? Like, you know, did you did you go into like a Dave Ramsey program, or did you? switch gears, you know, when, when we talk about waking up our faith, um, not only in just craving Jesus, but also using the wisdom that he gives us and the tools that are available to us, did that change for you? Well, I think we're in a culture that is programmed to death. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I have nothing against Christian books. Uh, I have one. But uh, the way that, uh, again, this was about becoming intimate with God rather than trying to do more. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was the, uh, the, I think, the point where I just said, you know, do I want to be a son, you know, son or daughter of God and be led by the Spirit? That's what it says in Romans 8.14. Um, that's the definition of sonship. And, or do I want to uh, use logic, my mind, will, and emotions lean on my own understanding as I've always done, which is frankly what the mainstream Christian culture does. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, it's just normal. It's, it's how we think, but we have to become aware uh, of who we really are and what God's intention for us is and how we communicate with him. He speaks to us through the spirit. So we have to be led by that, not by our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. And and so to be able to separate that out, it talks about that. The Word does that in Hebrews 4.12. It splits these two things so that we can begin to understand the difference and hear God's voice. So those are the kind of things that started to happen. And uh, but but uh, it, So we, we just sort of rejected everything unless God spoke it to us through the Word and or through just wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, 
you know, how that affected us personally, for me, it was my identity as a provider. I mean, it just destroyed it. I, I couldn't, I, there was nothing I could do. And that was, that's terrible because my whole identity was built around wealth and being able to provide and, you know, achieving. And, and for my wife, it was about security. Uh, you know, she, she couldn't plan the next day and she's a, she's a planner. So it was extremely difficult for her. Uh, but, but until, go ahead. I, I'm yeah. so sorry. We're going to have to to pause there, and we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to continue talking about Faith Journey and your book, The Extravagant Full. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, with Minister Diane Jones, Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to our show. We are talking with Kevin Adams, author of The Extravagant Fool, a faith journey that begins where common sense ends. And Kevin, we we rudely interrupted you um, to go into a commercial break, so we want to come back and talk a little bit about why you picked this name, The Extravagant Fool. Where, what, what was your thinking process when you came up with that? Because we love the name; it's great. <laughs> well, I. Um... I, I just, as I was studying, God just revealed that to me. Um, it comes from 1 Corinthians 3.18. Deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, 
you should become fools so that you may become wise. And what, what I felt God was saying to me through that is there's basically two kinds of fools. Uh, you know, one who says or lists uh, there is no God, and one who says there's nothing worthwhile outside of him. And so it's about making that choice. Uh, and, and so there's no room for lukewarm. You're either all in, you're a fool, um, or or you're just a fool. And, you know, I, I I thought most of my life I was kind of fool, but uh turns out, uh, you know, I wasn't. But it took the stripping away. Now, I think anything, any it, it, there's a wilderness required. We We have to pick up our cross. And so what my wife and I went through together, uh, it just, it, 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 he just stripped everything away. And, uh, so there was a lot of intense emotions. There was just, a, I mean, we have some really great stories in there, but making the right choice, what you see is you see the miraculous. You see what God did in that. You see the reward of faith. And that's our intention is to show that to people so that they have a tangible, something uh, really uh, living, breathing testimony rather than just, oh, yeah, that's in Scripture. Well, guess what? We're, we're living it out here. And not, not enough. I mean, we want to be humble and, and, and low, but, but at the same time, we want to be bold because this is real. God is real. And, and, and we decided to test it, <laughs> and we've seen it. So uh, that's a long answer, but um. no, it's a great answer. And and as we're listening to you, um, you know, we all well, I would say most of us, I think, if we're believers, we say we want these these amazing stories of our walk with God. We want to be able to write a book about it, or you know, be be quoted about our amazing um, adventures with God. However, very few of us want to do what it takes to have that kind of a a walk with God, which is total surrender, which is what you keep using that word surrender, totally all in. So that changes the game because you go, I want the benefits, but I don't really want to have to do all that it takes to get the benefits of having a great story and a great example. Can you back into, because I know a lot of people are listening right now going, I would love to be able to say, God, I am all in completely. You have everything uh, that I, you know, every part of me, I totally surrender. My hands are wide open. Palms are up. However, don't make me do this in the back of our minds. It's like, or or is this going to mean that I have to give up this or I have to move here or I have to quit that back into what that truly can look like and what that, that really means. Well, you know, the best way for me to illustrate that is with uh, just a brief story. Uh, you know, there's there's lots of this kind of stuff in the book. Uh, God had told me to write. Now, I never thought of myself as a writer. You know, I'm a business guy. Uh, I love to, you know, I'm kind of a creative guy, but, but you know, want to, to build and, and create businesses. So when he starts speaking to me about writing, it just made no sense. But he said, write for me and I'll provide. And I heard it almost like a spontaneous or, or, or through my mind, like a spontaneous text from home. You know, you're sitting by your phone and the text shows up. That's sort of the way I heard it. So I just thought, wow, you know, if you're real, this has to be from you. This is not coming from my own understanding. And and so I learned to listen to that. Well, anyway, I had to step into that. Well, you know what? My wife's faith had to be even greater because she's 
got to follow and listen to me when I'm telling her God's talking to me. So in a way, she had a, a, an even harder walk, but she she did it. But anyway, the, the brief story uh, that, that taps into that, what that might look like is uh, – we, uh, you know, I, we were at a point where, uh, you know, I decided I'm going to write. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And, but yet we didn't have enough food for our next meal. We had no money to pay rent. Our house was in foreclosure. And here I am sitting on a couch praying and talking to God and, and telling my wife I'm, I'm going to write. And, you know, she's great. She's normal, <laughs> and she got to a point where, you know, she had enough. I believe you're hearing from God, but we got to eat. So, you know, imagine the intensity of that moment. Well, I had a choice, and, and do I? This is where people miss it. I had to listen to God and put Him on the throne, or my spouse. Now, I love my wife more than anybody in the world, but but I love the Lord more, and so. It, there was a moment there where I wasn't sure where this was going. She she walked away. She didn't leave, but I mean, I mean, she left the room, and we didn't talk for hours. And I thought, wow, she's going to take the kids, and you know, and I didn't I didn't blame her because I'm a nut. This is crazy, but yet I cannot get past it. I feel it so deep in my spirit. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a few hours later, she came back. Uh, I, during those two hours, I, I waffled. I gave up. I, I was getting ready to come tell her, okay. I'll go do anything so we can eat. And uh, she came back. She said, no. She said, I stand with you no matter what. We're going to follow God. And, I mean, I just, I was in tears. And my heart broke, but in a great way. So my wife stood there with me. So we worked through this together. Well, within two days, uh, I had a publisher calling me, and which I had not sought out. And... Um, we had some work come through that took care of us for probably about six, seven months. So it allowed me to begin to write. And the work took took me about two weeks to do, and it provided income for us for about six, seven months. So that was God's answer to our radically uh, radical decision to step into his word. and it, Not just his word, his corporate written word. But what he was saying to our to our hearts, and uh, so so hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> um, well, I I have a I have another question to add to that. When you talk about your wife coming in and simply saying I I am behind you all the way, um, for many of our listeners that are um, pastors' wives or church planners and um, just ministry leaders, that's that's a tough a tough situation that I, I think that many of us have, have had to deal with that. Um, were you praying at that point for your wife to be on the same page? Because when a man comes in and says, guess what? I feel as though God is whispering that we're supposed to go start a church, you know, all the way across the United States or all the way across the world, or we're supposed to open up a, a bookstore or, you know, just what, whatever you feel right. that. Oh, and you, you know, you have women going, um, God's not telling me the same thing. Were you praying for, for that ahead of time or it just, you guys just happened to be on the same page as you were going through this crisis together? 
Well, I think we were on the same page in the sense that we both felt destroyed. Uh, you know, we went from having a lot to having nothing. And, and I mean literally nothing within just a matter of, you know, a few months. And uh, even our own family, not you know, I don't want to put my family under the bus, but nobody understood. And so we were on the same page in that sense. We both knew. Uh, and, and again, that's that's the wilderness. You, you almost have to have that a little bit to, to get there. Um, you know, I'm not preaching pain, but, uh, you know, it, it's part of it. It's part of it, but the rewards are phenomenal. Uh, so so anyway, but, but we were not necessarily on the same page in, in being able to be led by the Spirit and, and to understand what that really means and what sonship really means rather than, you know, being a servant. Uh, but but sitting at the table with God and listening to Him as a as a child and to have childlike faith. So uh, I think uh, you know God really laid that on my heart at my age and said it's time. You know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm getting ready to change some things. And of course I prayed. I prayed yes. You know I, my wife is my partner. I, I want her on board. But uh, really, it, it came to standing on the Word and trusting Him. You know, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things would be added to you. What He said to me was, it's not seek first, it's seek instead. Because all, if all means all, there's nothing else. So, so I just decided, God, you're telling me this in your Word. I'm going to test it. And so if you're telling me, if I put you above my spouse, uh, you're going to bring her along. So if this really from you, you're going to make this happen. That's what your word says. I've got to stand on that or not. And, and in my mid-40s, it's time because you, it's just time. So I did it. That's what I did. I made that choice, and God honored it. But uh, I, I don't want to take credit for it because I know my wife, is. A, she was very prayerful and, and, and very understanding. But it was it was very difficult for her. But th- this Christian life isn't isn't easy. It's It's rewarding. But it, it's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be uh, radically intimate uh, and, and, and to follow him as a father. Um, that's what Jesus modeled for us. You know, so it's not just about radical behavior and giving up your stuff. It's about going after him. And as a result of that, he'll add these things. He'll bring your spouse. He'll, he'll, he'll do what he says. And, and so the book is living proof of it. But you get to go through the up and down emotions. I mean, we didn't. This wasn't an overnight thing. It's taken years. Uh, but you know, the, the only reason a book exists is because God did it. I mean, I didn't seek this out. Um, and anybody that writes books knows how difficult it is to to get one published, especially by a major. So, again, I just followed it. My wife followed it. Uh, we had a lot of pain, but through the pain, we have uh, just been completely. Uh, recreated by him and well, Kevin, filled with joy. Kevin, I, we just want to say we have just a couple seconds. Thank you again for joining our show, just being vulnerable and just challenge us to truly surrender and to wake up our faith. You can learn more about Kevin and find his book, The Extravagant Fool, A Faith Journey That Begins Where Common Sense Ends on our website at girlfriendit.com. We'll be right back after a quick break.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on TogiNet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, joining us now is our girlfriend, Sarah McGue, from our partner ministry called Bloom. And Bloom is a dynamic group of girlfriends who all share the life experience of being church planning pastor's wives. Well, Bloom is a part of a larger ministry called Stadia. And Stadia is a church planning organization which is helping to launch churches literally globally. Well, the ministry of Bloom is so significant as it provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planter spouses so they can provide the same to their families, staff, and churches. Sarah McHugh is a lead church planter's wife, not once, but twice. And uh, she was raised in Lexington, Kentucky. That was a hard one to say. She is the youngest of five, and I think it's unique that you are a twin. Well, Sarah and Matt are the lead planters of one church in Jackson, Mississippi, and they've been married for 28 years with two grown kids. Well, Sarah, we are so excited to have you join us today on our show. So welcome to Girlfriend It. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. Well, we love your Southern accent. We were just talking with our sound engineer, Karina, in the background, and she's in Texas. And so we were, Patty and I were attempting to do our best Southern drawl, and we weren't doing well. So <laughs> you are truly authentic. We are like posers. So um, that's, we, we have been talking today uh, about um, waking up our faith and what it truly means to be all in with God and to truly surrender, which is it's one thing to say that I want to do that. It's another thing to actually do that. And we know as a church planting wife that there is a lot of faith involved in that because a lot of times um, 
you, you, you're asked to move uh, across the country. You're disrupting like some, a ministry or a place in life where you go, I'm very comfortable right now, thank you. And, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, you want me to do what? So we want you to kind of tell us a little bit about your story and what that kind of leap of faith and surrendering and being all in has really looked like for you personally. Oh, okay. Well, to say the least that it's not a jump, in sink or swim, you know, that kind of experience it is. Um, my husband and I were in ministry for 18 years in the youth ministry, and and he felt this calling. And I knew at some point it was coming. This Holy Spirit was, you know, kind of stirring in me that I think he wants to, I think he wants to, as a youth ministry, go to the big boy pulpit. And um, he was all, he was very effective speaker. And so I thought, well, you know, he'll get another church and so forth. And, and so our friend asked us to come down to um, a conference and that's where he met um, Stadia. And they kind of put the bug in his ear. Hey, have you ever thought about this church planting and and so forth? And I'm standing, you know, back behind him a little bit, not really knowing what exactly this church planting business was. And so we got through that and um, we came back home and he's like, Sarah, I really think this is this is what I need to be doing. And I said, well. Let's pray about it. You know, that's my first thing. Let's pray about this because we, we can go on on tangents, but we really need to pray about it first and see if, if that's what the Lord's calling us to do. And so we took a, a couple of months and prayed about it, and the Lord just kind of really changed my heart to, I think one of you said it, um, coming out of our comfort zone. I was very comfortable in, in Lancaster, Ohio. Um, it was a mega church. Everything was going good. I I had a job. I was finishing my education. And then my husband turns around and says, oh, I think we're going to move to Charlotte, North Carolina. And that was just quite, I was like, okay, um, <laughs> what do I do now? So, um, so that leap of faith, we went and we um, checked out Charlotte. We went to the city. We prayed over the city where we needed to be and so forth. And the Lord um, just gave us an open door that that's where we needed to be. And so we planted in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2004. And um, and it's still it's still up. It's LifePoint Christian Church is still up and operating and um, celebrating its 10th anniversary on Saturday. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I said at first, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but your story doesn't end there with church planting. No, it does not. So we were there for nine years, and um, we had this wonderful pastor, Nate Seaman, who um, was is just a, such a gifted um, communicator. And we were sitting there, and the Lord again was stirring in my heart. Something, you know, is something's going to change. Something's going to change. And I'm the type that I don't like change. I like things the way they are. And I had this feeling again. So I was like, okay, hold on for the ride. Where are we going to go? And so Matt uh, let Nate preach a couple of sermons in a row. And one Sunday he came home to me and he said, the Lord told me um, this Sunday that Nate's ready to take over the church and I just looked at him and my eyes big and and watering and I said what does that mean and he said well I think I need to get on the phone to Stadia 
and we were very pers- we were very um, persistent at what kind of church. We prayed about it, called Stadia, and said, "Listen, this is the kind of church we want. We want a multi-ethnic, multicultural church. Um, really, don't want to move out of South because I love the South. I was raised in the South. I have to have my sweet tea, and you can't get that up north. <laughs> so." Um, so Stadia just said, you know, we've been praying for about a year for a church planner to come into, um, to come into an, an area in the deep South and do what you've successfully done in Charlotte, but to do it in the deep South. And we want you to do that in Jackson, Mississippi. And, um, so we, we came to Jackson and did the same thing that we did to Charlotte, prayed over it and. And uh, just really spent a couple of days here, went out talking, just talking to people. What What is it you like about your city? What is it you want out of a church in your city? And so um, after that, we uh, came back home, was really praying about it and really felt, okay, this is where the Lord wants us to go. And so, so one year ago, June, he planted us here in Jackson, Mississippi. It, it, Are you there? <laughs> we are oh, like to your oh, no, I turned it off. Right. We're like, yes. what? Did she just pause? Was there a period on the end of that sentence, or is she just in a breath? <laughs> That's what my sisters tell me. <laughs> you were breathing. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we we love it. Yeah. That was a good story. That was a good, that was a good moment. In story. Okay. I'm going to interrupt this moment. We're having, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. When, cause, cause like church planting twice, I mean, once is a lot and is a big deal. And then twice within 10 years, that's, that's pretty major. And that's a lot of adjustment and transitioning. We're talking about, you know, surrendering and faith. Mm-hmm. So for you, and even in the first, the church, first church planting, or even the second more specifically, what is the, what was the biggest thing? that you truly had to surrender to God to really embrace going, okay, this is where he's calling me. Um, I think I had to um, really surrender just my thoughts of what church is and what church is supposed to look like. Um, I grew up in the church and, you know, you go in, you sing your four songs and you sit down and, you know, that kind of thing. And in church planning, it's very, very different. We wanted to reflect what heaven's going to be like. And so we really feel like, especially here in the Deep South, that it has to be multicultural, multi-ethnic. So I had to get past my own preferences. Um, well, why aren't we singing three songs and doing communion? And, you know, we have, I had to get over that and realize that, Sarah, you're the saved one. It's the ones that aren't saved that know nothing about Christ. These are the ones that we're trying to reach. So that was probably my biggest thing, just try to give up my own personal preferences um, over those who, you know, who are not going to, who are not going to go into a, a traditional church. Mm-hmm. Well, and at our church, even we say we exist for those who are not yet a part of us. So when we're making decisions, we're going to make a decision that's going to attract those that are not a part of us, not to keep the holy huddle 
conscious necessarily. And that's that's really tough because you have a lot of people, like you said, I don't like change. Don't disrupt my, you know, my experience, my worship experience, or don't disrupt my, you know, how I do church or how I view God. And, And yet if we're really going to be the church God has called us to be and the people of faith, it is going to mean we have to step out of our comfort zones. We have to be okay with change. We have to embrace all that. So, and but it's not easy. And it's easy to like we keep saying it's easy to say these things. It's really hard to, to do it. And you really had to step into it and go, this is what it's really about. We're not going to play church. We're going to be the church. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. That takes a lot. So how would how would you do? You kind of remember the moment when you went, all right, I'm all in. Uh, the first time or this. <laughs> Well, I know. I really, you have, you have two stories, but I just want you to let you know, and if, and just a little over a minute, we're going to have to interrupt you oh, okay. and take a break. So you have just like a minute to tell us, let's do it the second time. Okay. The second time I knew when, um, when Nate was, was preaching and I saw him interacting with people outside of the church, um, and Matt squeezed my hand really hard. And I thought, Oh, here it comes. This is going to, to be another move. And, you know, it's just, that's, I, I just knew at that point, um, that he was ready. Mm. Yeah. And isn't it interesting when you go, all right, God, I'm, I, I'm getting it. I see it. And it's like, you can't re, you can't refute it. Right. So exactly. Obvious. And you're like, all right, now I know what this means. This means yeah. that I'm going to be moving. <laughs> I know all my friends and yes, all that. So it, it was difficult. It was very difficult. Well, and immediately you go, I, I don't know if you're like me, but you start counting the cost. Like I said, mm-hmm. this means I'm leaving my friends. This means I'm doing this. And, and instead of going, okay, what am I going to gain? It's like, what am I going to lose? But you almost have to go through the grieving first. Exactly. To embrace, you know, it's, and it's okay yeah. to grieve those things because they mean something to you. They've been a part of your life. So it's like, give yourself permission to grieve Absolutely. and go through that. And then you can really embrace what God is truly trying to give you and wants to give you, which is so much a part of our, our faith walk, which we, we say, and we preach that it's all about faith, but yet don't ask me to live that way, you right. know? Exactly. Which is so interesting. Well, Sarah, this is such a great conversation. We're going to have to take a quick break. Okay. When we come back, let's continue, uh, you know, talking about just surrendering, being all in and what it looks like, especially as a church planning wife and as uh, leaders in ministry, leading ministries, because if a ministry is going to be effective, it's going to require change. We're going to be take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. 
Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are back with Sarah McGoo. <laughs> you know what I was thinking of? I'm sorry, Sarah. What, what was the little guy with the glasses that was? Mr. McGoo. Yes! <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's why in restaurants, we always give my maiden name as Henry, because we don't want to get weird stares. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so funny, because we've been talking the whole time, and all of a sudden, right when I introduce you, um, I, I, I have to um, I'm always inappropriate. I'm so sorry. But, no, not at all. <laughs> you are the lead church planner's wife, and you're also involved in the ministry of Bloom, which we love. Yes. Yes. And we were just talking about how when you're at that point where you're like, okay, God, here I am. My my hands are open wide. I'm surrendering all. And um, how you've had to make, we like to say the, the word sacrifice, but also with that comes such freedom and that peace that passes all understanding. And so many times because we want to write the story versus having God write the story, um, we we want to just hunker down and, and do it our way. But it, it's it's so interesting because you just, the hindsight of every time when you're moving in the direction where God wants you to move, you just hear of the, the, the beautiful story that unfolds. But Lisa was making the comment when she's had to be in that position, how you're, you're, you're looking at the pros and cons and it's the friends. That seems to be the biggest thing that, that we happen to fall on is, I, you know what, Sarah, I have to tell you, Lisa has the giggles ever since I did that. And I can't even look at her. She, her face is red. And she, I can barely get the sentence out. So as you notice, my mind is kind of like, I just keep adding sentences because I can't figure out what my question is because she's got tears in her eyes. But with that said, uh, as you know, friendships are highly, highly, I mean, they're significant. They're so important to us because we love to make each other laugh. And and we like to look at it as our warrior chicks that are around us. And Absolutely. so with you being a twin, you get yeah. that as well. Um, how has that affected your twinship? Oh, oh well, um, I tell you, my twin is, oh, 
she's my rock um, when it comes to a lot of things. And I'm going to get emotional because I miss her so bad. Um, but she is also, she's a children's pastor in Dayton, Ohio. And um, has actually been, oh gosh, she'll kill me if I don't get the numbers right. She's been, they've been there for like 17, 18 years now. So I can, um, because of her, that friendship with her, but I also have two other sisters um, that really keep me grounded um, when I try to go off on my spasms when I'm freaking out. So, um, and then I have um, my balloon girlfriends. In fact, one of them, uh, Stephanie, if you're listening, shout out. She said, you're doing so good. So, uh, <laughs> so I, keep, I, I have, just as a pastor's wife, I think you have to keep those, those women that you feel safe with um, around you. Um, and sometimes they're family members, sometimes they're not. I'm fortunate to have um, sisters that just support me and love me and shake my cage when I need it. And, and, and my bloom sisters just have do nothing but support and um, encourage me all along the way. Well, that is what is it. It is really significant, and we we've, we've said this earlier. But you know, even with Bloom having that support, that network, that community, where you guys are, you get it, and it's like you don't have to explain things. Just how, you know, sometimes all it is is one word or or three words, and the other person goes, "I understand." And you can really, we all need to have that community around us of like minded people that get us. And um, that is what is so significant about the ministry of Bloom and, and, you know, Debbie and Vanessa, and we love talking about people behind their back when they can't, they can't say anything. So, you know, yes. and all of them. And, and it is really fun. And, and, and you've got to have fun together and, and be able to have those, those silly moments, but those serious moments where you can just pour your heart out and just go, okay, what does this look like? And, and this journey of faith that we've been talking about, it, it is a very difficult journey. But um, I think what Kevin said earlier, it's very rewarding. It's not easy, but it's rewarding. And anytime you're, you're trying to do something that really matters, um, it was interesting because I think Time Magazine recently did a survey of the top careers and professions that make the most impact in people's life, that have the most purpose, that impact. And um, the ministry was the number one um, occupation that really um, makes a difference in people's lives. And so you look at it and go, we are really um, privileged to be in these roles. However, it, it's a very difficult role at many times. It feels lonely and, um, you know, you're, you're, you're a target, but there's nothing better than joining God and, and being able to be a part of, of change in somebody's life for the better and watching God do amazing things and getting a front row seat in that. So for you, yeah. what, what are some things that you've seen? Because your second church plant, uh-huh. you, you haven't been there very long. No. And it was a major kind of a paradigm shift for you. And yeah. stepping out in faith and surrendering. What is, what is a couple of lessons that you have really learned in this journey? Oh, there's so many. Um, I, I think um, it, with this one, it has been a lot more of uh, really seeking what the Lord wants when it comes to um, how our church wants to look, 
Um, we are in the Deep South, and if anybody want, does not agree that segregation still happens, they need just to come down and visit for a little bit. Um, and that has probably been one of the one of the most eye-opening experiences for me. Um, I'm a social studies teacher. I'm a U.S. history teacher, so I teach a lot about segregation and desegregation, but I've never really witnessed and experienced it. Mm. And a lot of times, Times I'll be going, wow, you know, this is 2014 and this is still going on. And it really breaks my heart um, just seeing a lot of the injustices that goes on and it still goes on. So we at the church just really um, try to <clears throat> be so uh, pre- prevalent in the community and saying, you know, this is not going to happen here anymore. We have to make change and so forth. And, and that's really how, if anything, the Lord's just kind of opened my eyes to seeing, you know, it's not just a white black um, issue. I mean, look in the world today, it's the Ukrainians and the Russians and Palestinians and Israel, it's everywhere. But when you're living in that community, um, it really kind of opens your eyes to what other people have gone through. Um, and, and it, and it also just because, you know, we're, we're white pastors and, um, and just to open up, up to that African-American community and, um, and just so loving and warm and accepting and, and yeah, we get the, we get the looks like, what are you doing here? What are you, you know, but, but that's okay. Cause this is exactly where the Lord wants us. And it's a very, and, and I wasn't peaceful at first. Um, but I am very peaceful now because I know that this is exactly what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Sorry, pause. <laughs> yeah. And Lisa and I will do that when we're, we're talking and one of us is listening because uh, we're, we're trying to get better at not interrupting people <laughs> and it, it's not working for us because no we're doing it too well we we're do it, feeding too well yeah we do it too well because we usually just talk over each other and we're like okay we need to give them that that pause so now Lisa and I are saying dot done like okay there's there's a period at the end of the sentence you now have to <laughs> but um all, all the things that you are are saying I think is they're just such great tips do you have a specific tip as we're ending the show today just to really encourage those that are out there that maybe not be, they're not in that place right now uh, in their faith walk they might be down this morning as they woke up going okay God I just don't even feel your presence so is it do you have any tips of encouragement yeah uh, um I- I think for me, because there are days when I just want to pull the covers over my head um, and just, you know, finish, just stay in bed. But um, I always go back to um, my favorite verse, which is Philippians 1, 6, that um, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out until until the completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. Um, I have to hang on to that scripture because um, I think it was a Beth Moore series that said, anything God emphasizes, the devil seeks to exterminate. And I have to realize that I am facing an enemy and it's not anything I can see, but he wants to do everything he can to take, take us out. And I'm the kind of woman that I'm, just a strong enough woman 
that I'm like, oh, no, you're not. I'm going to do this for the glory of God because he has me here for a purpose. Everything I went through to get here means something, and it's going to mean something to somebody. And if I can get a hold of just one person that gets the vision or or that I can talk to that has been down that I've been down the same road they have been and that they get on fire for the Lord, then that's what's the most important thing. Well, and we just have like less than two minutes left. Show it, give us a story of, of what, how you really have seen like transformation. Like you've really got, okay, God really showed up here when I finally just surrendered it. You mean in my own life or (laughs) with with your church plant there, because you stepped into, like you said, you, you know, you, It's a total paradigm shift, a different culture. Yeah. So what's a victory that you see that God has really honored your, um, I I think we see, um, and we saw in our, we had a dinner, um, last week and, and we had had couples over that had come over and, and we were sitting down after dinner and said, you know, you know, how did you make yourself to one point? point how'd you find out you know we asked that and and one of the couples who's african-american couple said we came because this church is like no other church we've been to Mm. it is warm it's inviting it is friendly people know your names and most of all it's giving us practical things that we can do in our lives not it's not doom and gloom if you don't do if you, you don't you know do these certain steps you're getting into heaven. You know, Matt never tells us that. He just gives us practical things that we can do. And just seeing them catching that vision and going, okay, it's not us just always saying it and always putting it in front of our congregation, but that they're actually catching it and, and that they're telling their friends and bringing more and bringing more friends. And, and that's uh, exciting. And that's yes. exciting when you truly see God working. Well, Sarah, we are so grateful to have you on our show. And hi to all our girlfriends at Bloom. We just appreciate you guys in the ministry and, and just how you lead by Thank example. You well, so Corey, much. Have a great day. We'll Thank talk to you soon. Thank you. You too. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.